Thanks for checking out Church on the Rock's message this week. We would love to help you take your next step in knowing God better. The best way to do that is visit cotr.org slash next steps. Or if you're not near our physical campus, visit our online community at cotr.org slash online. Enjoy the message and know that God is for you. You know the most powerful force on the planet is not nuclear. You know what the most powerful force on the planet is? The Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 13 that faith, hope, and love are the greatest. Do you all remember that? Say it with me. Faith, hope, and love. Sure do love you all, by the way. Amen. And then it said, out of the three, the greatest force on the planet is love. So, so the greatest power is the love of God. So this series I'm talking about, I'm actually talking about God's greatest power is the love of God. You know, you ever think about this, that uh, in the New Testament, it says that when Jesus went to do miracles, many times it says he was moved with compassion. He was moved with compassion and he healed them. You know what compassion is? It's love in action. Compassion is God's love in action. So we take away from that is the love of God always precedes the miracles of God. The love of God always precedes the miracles of God. So when you I get a greater understanding of the love of God and we walk the love walk, we should see more miracles. Uh, is my microphone working okay? It was okay. We, we should see more miracles in our life and then happening through our life to other people. If the most powerful force on the planet, the Bible says, is the love of God, and then Jesus, when he went to do mighty works, it says most of the time he was moved with compassion. Love moved him. His love moved him. His love motivated him. His love was the motivation behind it. And he was moved with compassion, which is love and action. And then he did a miracle. So the love of God precedes miracles of God. And you know, it's so important that you and I get a revelation of the love of God for us, right? Because if you don't love yourself, you don't love other people. If, if I don't like me, if I don't like me, I don't like other people. People who feel unloved do bad things. Think about it now. People who feel unloved, unaccepted, unwanted, a lot of them end up in prison. A lot of them end up addicted to some ungodly and healthy habit. It's all out, out of the source of feeling unloved unwanted, unneeded. So, so the love of God not only does miracles, it heals, it restores, it establishes the lives because people who do bad things feel bad about themselves. The Bible says, now I said that in the nine o'clock service and I could tell a lot of people had never had heard that before, that if you don't like yourself, you won't like other people. If you don't like your, love yourself, you won't love other people. I could tell they were thinking about that. The Bible says we're to love one another as, fill in the blank, as you love yourself. It's in the gospels. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. We love one another as we love our Self, as you're doing good. Let's try it one more time. You got an A. We love one another as you love your Self. 
So we take away, if you don't like you, then that's why you can't get along with people. If I don't love and accept who God made me, if I don't love, accept, and celebrate who God made me, then I can't love, accept, and celebrate you. If all I do is see my faults, then all I do is see your faults. If I'm walking in insecurity, then I let you know of your This is Psychology 101. I paid a lot of money to her Latin class, you guys. Okay? It's Psychology 101 in college. People who are hard to get along with, they don't like themselves. They don't accept themselves. They don't celebrate themselves. People who cause trouble are troubled on the inside. People who are troublemakers are troubled. People who are troublemakers are troubled. People who have peace on the inside bring peace into a room. People who are calm and strong and courageous bring that into a room, right? You have people in your life. I have had people in my life that just when they walked into a room, they brought peace. They brought comfort. They brought courage. And then we don't want to talk about the people who walk into the room that bring conflict, right? Turmoil, stress, always having a, a, a problem and let everybody know about it. So see, really, this series should bring restoration and healing and transformation and empowerment when we get a revelation. And you know, you'll never have a full revelation. You understand that, right? We'll never really totally understand the love of God. So we're talking about the love of God. This is part two. Let's just get right into it for the sake of time. Let's go to John chapter three. Now, so so you got that down, right? If I'm unhappy, I make people unhappy. If I'm unhappy, I make people unhappy. If I don't like me, then I don't like you. If I'm in conflict on the inside, I bring conflict into my marriage, my parenting, my neighborhood, my job, and my church. If I'm in conflict on the inside, turmoil, unhappy, miserable, can't get along, don't like myself, don't like life, I carry that spirit wherever I go. So no matter I go from wife to wife, husband to husband, church to church, job to job, the problem isn't that, the problem is moi, right? So, so, but the love of God, the love of God can heal that. The love of God can deal with that. The love of God can change that. Amen. Oh, praise God. Hallelujah. I mean, think about your own life, how, how you used to be and how you are now, Right? Walking in the love of God. The Bible says we're to walk in the love of God. I wrote a book called The Love Walk. We're to walk in the love of God. So uh, have a wet your appetite. For God so loved the world. What do I learn from that right there? God loves the world, but the world doesn't love him. God loves the world, but the world doesn't have time for him. God loves the world but the world doesn't respect him. God loves the world, but the world doesn't have time for him, church, serving, working for the Lord, serving in the house of the Lord, giving him first place. The world could care less. The world doesn't love him, but he loves the world. The world doesn't respect him on the first day of the week. They don't even think about church, but yet he loves them. The world won't give him the first day of the week, but yet he gave him he gave them, he gave us his son. Okay, now watch this. Our takeaway, then we are to love 
the unlovable. We are to love the unlovable. We are to love those who have hurt, harmed us. We are to love those who have just, see, it gets real quiet here, but it's the word, right, y'all? Okay. It's supernatural love, by the way. We can't do this on our own. But, but God loved the world. The world doesn't love him. We have that same love. We've been given the same love God, God has. You know that, right? You have the God kind of love. Not eros, that's sexual. Uh, not not uh, uh, friendship love, that's philo, Greek word. It's agape, the God kind of love. We don't love one another with our natural love. We can't. We would push them off the front porch and tell God they died <laughs> accidentally. Come on, somebody. We're not talking about doing it in our own strength, our own capacity, with our own love, trying to work it up. We can't. I can't. You can't. We're talking about a supernatural love. It's called agape. It's the God kind of love. It's the love of God. It's the love that's in God. It's the love of God. When you and I got born again, he put that on the inside of us. Oh, hallelujah. Honolulu, Hawaii. God, God put that. The Bible says that the love of God has been shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. Romans 5, verse 5. The love of God, when we got born again, God put his love inside us. Now we have to learn how to develop it, grow it, right? How to walk in it. That's what this series is all about, how to walk, work out the love of God. Because God loved the world, uh, and so we're to love the world. Now watch this. But I don't approve and accept everything the world does. I don't approve of it, nor do I accept it to win them. Right? God loved the world and loves the world, and the world doesn't love him. He loves the unlovable with a God kind of love. We have been called to do the same thing, but loving people doesn't mean we approve or accept our culture in this present day. We don't give space or time or compromise or have a little gray matter, you know, situational ethics for the situation. We change our ethics. No, no. The love of God doesn't compromise. The love of God doesn't accept or approve of sin or evil in the world. Well, you, I thought you Christians were supposed to love everybody. We do, but we don't accept or approve everything you do, Right? For God so loved the world that he gave. So God's love that's in you and I as Christians, it's generous. I can't be a stingy person and know God. I can't be a stingy person and know his love. His love is generous. His love is generous. Oh, this is, oh, excuse me. His love is generous. So, so if I love with God's love, the highest expression is giving. The highest expression of God's love is giving, not taking. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. We sang about him today. That whoever believes in him would not perish, but have everlasting, thank you, Jesus, life. Verse 17. For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, 
but that the world through him might be saved. But that the world through him might be saved. Well, you Christians, you just condemn everything. No, we're not supposed to bring condemnation, but yet we're not supposed to accept or approve evil or sin, right? Love the sinner, don't like the sin, right? Don't accept the sin to receive the sinner, right? Next verse, verse 18. He that believeth on him is not condemned. Thank you, Lord. Gets rid of our condemnation, our shame, our guilt. He that believeth not is condemned already because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. God showed his love then in the greatest way he could by giving his Son. We celebrated that last weekend, right, everybody? Next, next scripture, guys, Romans 5, verse 8 through 11. We're just looking at the expression, the highest expression of God's love. Now, remember, the greatest force is the love of God. It's not natural. You know, there's eros, that's for erotic, that's sexual love. There's philo, that's for friendship, that's natural love. But there's agape, not sloppy, but agape. That's the God kind of love. That's 1 Corinthians 13. We got that when we were born again. But we have to learn how to live it out every day of our life. But God showed his great love. How'd you do that, Lord? By sending Christ to die for us while we were yet sinners. Verse 9, and since by his blood, and we need to know how to plead the blood, right? Some of our weapons is the name of Jesus. Another one of our weapons is pleading the blood of Jesus, okay? You need to know, have that skill set down, how to plead the blood of Jesus. The Bible says we overcome by our word of our testimony and the blood, the blood of the lamb. That's Jesus, so he shed his blood for us as sinners. How much more will we, he do for us now? Oh my goodness, how much more will he do for us now? I don't have to wait till I get to heaven. The gospel is for now. Now faith is, am I right? Now faith is, faith is now. Faith will work now in your set of circumstances. And and now, now we don't have to live with shame. Now we don't have to feel guilty. Now we don't have to let our past mistakes dominate us and drive us to unhealthy habits and behaviors. Now we're delivered. Oh, come on, let's don't patty cake. Let's thank God he's a right now God. Right now. I wrote a book called Right Now Faith. It was all about blind Bartimaeus. Right Now Faith. And since by the blood he did all this for us, how much more? He's a much more God. He's a much more God. How big is your God today? He's a much more God. How much more will he do for us now? He wants to do much more for you now today. And he's declared us not guilty. Now he will save us from all God's wrath to come. Verse 10. And since we were his enemies, we were brought back to God by the death of his son. What blessings he must have for us now. Do you all see the word now? Now he saved us. Now faith is. Now we're no longer guilty. Now we don't have to live with shame. Now we don't have to be embarrassed. Now we are blessed. Now he wants to do much more. We have a right now, God. Right now. What blessings he has for us now. We are his friends and he is living within us. Next it says, next. 
Now we rejoice. Do y'all see the words now? The gospel is for right now. I mean, thank God we're going to heaven, but we have a little bit of heaven on our way to heaven. Now we are to rejoice. Now faith is. Now we are to believe. What's the deciding factor of the outcome of your situation? Your faith. Your faith. Now faith is. Now we are delivered from shame and guilt and pain. Now we are to rejoice. Now there's the blessings of the Lord for you and I. You see, bottom line, let's take something away from that. Don't wait till you succeed to be happy. Be happy before you succeed. Don't wait till you don't wait till you get the house or the car. Don't wait till you get the job. Don't wait till the healing comes. Don't wait till the debt's paid off. Do it now. You, you get happy before it happens. Come on, somebody. You get happy before you succeed. You get happy before you get the car, before you get the healing, before you get the house, before you get the trip, before you pay it off. You get happy before you succeed. You rejoice now. You count it all joy now. Because you know something, right? I, I, I remember years ago, you know, our church, this is decades ago in the, in the 80s, uh, we were running around 500 precious people in attendance, and we, we had just moved into the building over there in the North Campus, and Mike Murdoch was on our board. Mike has been on our board for three decades, and because of his health, he had to move off the board a couple of years ago, but he's been a big mentor into my life ever since I was 17 years old, Mike Murdoch. And uh, I, Mike was speaking for us, and we went out to eat afterwards at the Holiday Inn there at the restaurant, and I'm complaining. And how many of you know you don't want to complain in front of Mike Murdoch? And I'm complaining about this. That, that. What am I complaining about? Because this hasn't happened yet. That hasn't happened yet. This hasn't happened yet. That hasn't happened yet. And Mike Murdoch just let me talk. And then he said, are you done? I said, I don't know if I'm done or not. He said, you're done. Okay. And here's what he said to me. He said, Dave, if you're not happy where you are today, you're not going to be happy where you're going in the future. It changed my paradigm forever. And that's what we're talking about. You get happy before success, happy before the breakthrough. Now faith is present tense. Now you're delivered. Now God wants to do more for you. Now you're to rejoice. How can you do that out of your relationship with God? Look at the verse there. Now we rejoice in our wonderful new relationship with God. My brother and sister, the most important thing we have going for us is our relationship with God. That's the most important thing we have going for us. Do you know all your marital problems can be solved out of your relationship with God? Do you know all your physical, all your mental, all your habitual habits, all can be solved out of your relationship with God? God has all the answers. God has all the answers you're looking for today. And God has all power to perform them in your life. Can I have a witness in the house today? Relationship is the most important thing that you and I have today is our relationship with God. All because of what our Lord Jesus Christ has done for us in dying for our sins, making us friends of God. Next slate, guys.
1 John 4, 7, beloved. Now, when you see the word beloved in the Bible, it's talking to Christians, sons and daughters of God. Beloved, let us love one another. With what kind of love? Agape, supernatural. Let us love one another, for love is of God. And everyone that loveth is born of God. In other words, the only way we can love each other with this kind of love, we got to get born again. Right? We got to get, we can't love with this love. We can't love those who don't love us. We can't forgive those who hurt us without supernatural love of God, agape. And everyone that loveth is born of God. So if I'm walking out the love of God and walking the love walk and, and I'm expressing God's love in everyday situations, it's only because of my relationship with God and I'm born again of God and I know God, Right? Next verse, verse 8. He that loveth not doesn't know God. He that loveth not doesn't know God. So if I'm really born again, and I'm getting to know God, and I'm developing in his love and the love walk, it will begin to be expressed through my daily responses and reactions. He that loveth not doesn't know God, for God is love. You and I both know if I'm hanging out with God, I'm going to pick up God's spirit. I'm going to pick up God's stuff, right? The law of association, being contagious. So if I'm a Christian, Christian, born again, knowing God, automatically the love he put in me will begin to grow, be developed, and expressed in everyday manner of life. Look at this, for God is love. So that basically means God has never done anything, nor will he ever do anything outside the boundaries of love. God can't do evil. God can't be malicious. God can't be unforgiving. Come on, somebody. He can't do anything outside the boundaries of love, even though God's love doesn't approve or accept sin or evil. The love of God has to correct sin and evil. The love of God has to correct sin and evil in a nation and a culture and a community. Okay, y'all still with me? You guys are awesome today. But can I just keep you all day? Would that be? Would ushers lock the door and get some food trucks in here and some ice cream and praise God. Okay, let's go to the next slide. Okay, now I want to take you, and I promise you only about five more minutes, but I want to take you to, we're going we're gonna to finish this next week, but a prayer that I pray for you as your pastor every day. Hand on the Bible. Every day is called the prayers of Paul. And, and this is the Ephesian prayers. And it's a prayer that I pray every day for my life and for you as your pastor and shepherd. So this is a prayer that you need to pray for yourself every day. You need to personalize it and pray this prayer. I don't know how to pray. Now you do. You take this prayer, Ephesians 3, 17 through 19, and you pray it every day over your life. It's a prayer to have a greater revelation of the love of God and how to walk it out. Now, faith works by love. Faith works by love. I'll say it again. Faith works by love. So if I am crippled in my love walk, I'm crippled in my faith walk. 
Faith won't work without love. That's Galatians chapter six, you all. Faith worketh by love. So if I don't know how love works, I won't be able to work my faith. Are you all still with me? Okay, so here's a prayer that we pray. I pray for you every day as your pastor teacher. You need to pray it every day over your own life. Bottom line, it's a prayer for you to get a greater revelation of God's love for you, how to walk in that, how to express that with your wife, your husband, your mom, your dad, your peers, your siblings, those you encounter, how to express that love in daily life. You all with me? Okay, now verse 16, verse 16, we won't go there, but he prays that we be strengthened on the inside with the Holy Spirit. So everybody say, Holy Spirit. Okay, so verse 16, he's praying to this church at Ephesus, Christians, that you would be strengthened on the inside with the Holy Spirit. Now I'm going to read this prayer, then we're going to come back, okay? This is worth you being here today. That Christ may dwell in your heart by faith. Now, he's already talking to people born again. Christ is already in their heart. What's he talking about? That Christ, I pray, Paul said, the prayers of Paul for this church at Ephesus. This is the prayer I pray for the church at St. Peter's. That Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith. That's the first request. Number two, that you be rooted and grounded in love, established in a revelation, a working revelation of the love of God. That's the second request. The word love there in the Greek is agape. Verse 18. That you would be able to, here's the third request. There are five. That you be able to comprehend with all the saints that you would understand. That you would understand. Comprehend means to understand in a working fashion. You don't just come to church and listen to me and never apply it or don't understand it. You come here, and by the Holy Spirit, you understand what I'm teaching, and you go out and you apply it, and it makes a difference in your life. He's praying the third quest that they would understand with all the saints what is the breadth, what is the length, what is the depth, and the height. Now, if you're a note taker, write down the four facets or faces or qualities of God's love. God breaks his love down into four facets, four faces, four qualities, or can I say four dimensions? The love of God in four dimensions. Next verse, verse 19. Next request, that you would know the love of Christ, which passes all understanding. And the fifth request, that you would be filled with the fullness. I like that. Filled with the fullness of God. Five requests, five requests. But the bottom line is that we with the church at Ephesus, the church at St. Peter's, would get a revelation of God's love for you, God's love for me. And not just hear about it, quote it, but you and I have a working, a practicing function of the love of God in our life. We're getting revelation every day and we're walking in it every day better than the day before. We're knowing how to express it. We're knowing how to release it because it's the love of God that draws people to repentance. 
Did you know that? It's not arguing. It's not religion. It's not condemning. It's not preaching at them. It's the love of God. Jeremiah chapter 31, verse 3. I drew you to me with my everlasting love. It's the love of God that drew me when I was 11 years old. How about you? How about all of you that got water baptized today? Wasn't that cool? It was the love of God. It wasn't condemnation. It wasn't guilt. It wasn't shame. It wasn't religion. It wasn't arguing. It wasn't debating. It was the love of God. It's the most powerful force on, on the planet, right? So let's go back to verse 17. Everybody say a prayer for a revelation of God's love for me. Okay? He said, I pray that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith. Circle, mark, highlight the word dwell. It means to take up residence or be at home. In other words, God's not renting an apartment in your heart. God's not a renter. God's not leasing your heart. God has taken up residence in your heart. He's not leaving. Oh, I love this. You say, Pastor, okay, cool. God's making a home with me in my heart. He's taking up residence with me. He's not renting. He doesn't come and go. Uh, he, he doesn't just leave for a while, find something better. He's at home in me. He took up residence in me. What does that mean? Here's what he's praying, that you would be more aware of his presence in your everyday life that you would realize that he's dwelling on the inside of you. Can I say you be God conscious, God conscious. Uh, can I say that when you face your problems, you say to your problem, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. It's an awareness of the anointing. It's an awareness of the presence of God wherever you go. He'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. He'll never disappoint you. It's when you face your problems, you say, if God before me, who do you think you are standing in my way? It's when you're dealing with difficult situations and you quote Joshua, that he told Joshua, all the days of your life, no one can stop you. No one can hinder you. No one can stand in your way. That's what he's praying, that you would be God conscious. You see, when you realize God's with you in the hospital, you know, last week, last week online, we had a doctor from Tulsa in a trauma room in the hospital, had our church service going on in the trauma unit in the hospital, and the doctor was requesting prayer for those trauma patients in the hospital. Oh, my goodness. When you are aware that you are anointed, you're bolder, you're more confident, you're more assured, there's just something different. When you know that there's an anointing, that Christ in you, the hope of glory, that greater is he that is in you. When you understand that, you serve God differently. You face persecution boldly. You don't bow, you don't bend, you don't burn. When you are aware... When you are aware, Christ dwells in. I'm echoing now. I'm talking too loud, guys. Christ dwells in you. How cool is that?
Now, this is worth coming to church for right here. Right here. You ready for this? Let's take away. Never face your giants with your mouth shut. Y'all get that over here? Y'all get that at home? Do y'all get that at home? Never face your giants with your mouth shut. What do you mean? You're supposed to be speaking to the mountain, the problem, the sickness, the disappointment, the hurt, the pain. You're supposed to speak to the mountain and tell it where to go. Be cast into the sea. Am I right? Am I right? You're, you're supposed to, as you face your Goliath, you're not to keep your mouth shut. You keep your mouth shut, you'll get whoop. You face Goliath and you say, who do you think you are, you uncircumcised Philistine? I have a covenant with my God. I'm going to chop your head off. Come on, let's give God some praise. I'm echoing, guys. I'm echoing. Okay, so, so we gotta, we got to move on. we got to move on. Praise the Lord. But we'll continue this this week. But I just want to give you just a little more. Can I give you just? Okay. So, so the first request is that he's praying for this church, that you and I pray for over us. I pray this over you every day, that you recognize that Christ in you, that he's dwelling in you, the presence of God. And not only does it mean that, that you are aware of his presence, but you've given him control. You've given him control. You've acknowledged him in all your ways today. And you say, God, you lead me. You direct me. You crown my efforts with success today. It's giving God control. And that you be rooted and grounded in love. What does that mean? That we get a revelation of all that his love has purchased for us. His love redeemed you from the curse of the law. His love redeemed you from hell, poverty, sickness, Oh, this is so awesome. Now, do, do you remember? Uh, we'll, we'll continue. Okay, so we've got to go along. Verse 18. Let's go right to 18. Uh, here's the next thing. Uh, request five of them that you'll be able to comprehend, understand with all the saints how to work the love of God. The four dimensions. And let me just, let me just give them to you quickly. We'll get back with it next weekend. What is the breadth? The breadth of his love is his generosity. His generosity. When you say breath, it's like our sister said in the testimony, how big is your God? How wide, how breath? When you do this, what are you doing? Open-handed. It speaks of the generosity. God's love gives. God's love loves to give. God's love isn't stingy. God's love is generous. So if I want to walk in the love of God and the love walk, I've got to learn to be a giver and enjoy it. <laughs> Praise the Lord. All right. And then we have the length, the length. What dimension is this? How, how do you walk this out? How do I walk the love of God? Through developing generosity because uh, God's love, you got to know the breath. And guess what? We'll never know all of the breath all of his generosity. You know, the Bible says that throughout eternity that he's going to keep giving and giving and giving. Did you know that? It says his favor will increase upon his people throughout eternity. It will never stop. That's the generosity of God. And then the length, the length God's love, the length of God's love speaks of his protection, his protection. How do you, how do you work that out? Well, I would go to any length to protect my family. I would go to any length to make that happen. I will go to any length to make sure they're safe. 
So the love of God not only is generous breadth, but the love of God protects the length, the length. And then the third dimension is the depth of God's love. And depth speaks of foundation. Depth speaks of character. And the depth of God speaks of his correction, his correction. The length is his protection. The depth is his correction. God's love corrects. Proverbs has all kinds of scriptures about parents. If they love their children, they will correct them, right? If they really love them, they will correct them. So the love of God, it it gives and keeps on giving. It goes to any length to protect his family, but also he will correct. His love will correct. So we don't approve and accept evil and sin. We correct it. We don't compromise it. We correct it as the team comes out. And then the height, the height of God's love speaks of his love lifts, height, soar, eagle. It lifts. The love of God lifts people. The love of God brings the best out of people. The love of God believes the best of people. The love of God corrects people in love. Doesn't it say speak the truth in love? The love of God will go to any length to protect the team, the church, the family, your name, your character. We'll go to any length. And the love of God, the breath of God is generous and loves to give and keep on giving and growing in generosity. That's the love walk. That's how you take God's love in us and you begin to walk it out every day, responding with this in every situation. And how many know that's a lifelong class? Amen. And verse 19. And to know, uh, verse 19, to know the love of Christ was passes knowledge that you might be filled, filled, I like that, with the fullness of God. Not like cereal boxes or potato chips or Doritos. Come on, somebody. You know, you think you'll get a full bag to the top and you get fooled, right? God's not like that. <laughs> that you would know the love of Christ which passes knowledge. And here's the fifth request, that you be filled with the fullness of God. Did you notice something? In verse 16, he prayed that they be filled or that they be strengthened with the Holy Spirit. The other verses, it said that we would know the love of Christ. At the end, it says that you would be filled with the fullness of God. You got the Trinity. You got God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And all three have different functions in your life. They all have different functions in your life. And we need to know how to relate to each one. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Spirit. And the fullness of God, the request is that that knowing his love and getting revelation of that, you'll see the fullness of God is that he has a plan for your life. He has a destiny for your life. He has a purpose for your life. And, And if you and I will accept his love and work out his love, we'll finish strong all completely fully that God has predestined for our life. Did I help anybody today? I'm plumb out of time. Give the Lord a big praise for the word, would you? Hallelujah. 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 God loves you with an unconditional, 
love. Thank you, Lord. 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 God, give us a revelation of the length and the depth and the height and the breadth. Oh, God, help us to learn how to develop, walk in it, express it. God, carry us through every season of our life as overcomers, as winners in Jesus' name. Father, give this church a revelation of how much you love us, God, and what you've done for us, God, and what you purchased for us, God, and what you have waiting for us, God. In Jesus' name I pray. And everybody said, could you bow your heads just for a second? Close your eyes. Y'all been so awesome. I sure love you. I hope I fed you today. Eyes closed and heads bowed. We're going to pray a prayer, general prayer. Everybody here, everybody online. If you're away from God, you want to come back to the Lord. His love's drawing you back today. If you don't have a relationship with God, I encourage you, pray this prayer with us today. That's the most important, most valuable asset you can have is a relationship with God. So we're all going to pray together. Pray this prayer with us. Here we go, church. Heavenly Father, I repent. I believe Jesus Christ is the Son of God. He died for me, and he rose again. Jesus, come into my heart. Come into my life. I receive you now as my Lord and Savior. Fill me with the Holy Spirit. Give me a prayer language. Take my life and make a difference. In Jesus' name, amen. Look up. Let's celebrate as the host comes. Amen. What is your next step in your faith? Well, here at Church on the Rock, we would love to help you. Maybe it's to learn more about discovering what it means to belong to a church family, being part of a small group, or using your God-given gifts to serve others. Head over to cotr.org slash next steps where you can find out more to all of these. Or if you're a part of our online community, visit us at cotr.org slash online. Have a great week and don't forget that God is for you.